right, so we are now recording. Um, so, hi everybody. Um, I'm chatting with uh, my, my good friend, Neil Ward. Uh, Neil is an assistant professor of graphic design at uh, Drake University in Iowa, right? Des Moines? Correct. Yes. And um, Neil and I have known each other for, for several years. And 2014, as a matter of fact, if I recall, South Dakota, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, way back. <laughs> it was anyway, snowing in May. <laughs> right. So um, I was the first guest on Neil's uh, Tell It to Neil podcast. And I figured I would once again return the favor by um, having you be our first recording for this sort of coronavirus series of videos <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank on, you. yeah on, on design and marketing and all all things in between so um my students are at uh pit so they're business students they're in marketing and then i also have students that are at point park university and they are graphic design students so uh just to give you a sense of of who you're talking to um most of them are also seniors, so they're getting ready to graduate, and they're really considering what the, the workforce and the industry is going to look like after they graduate, so Ooh. keep that in mind as, as we're talking. Yeah, yeah, just look at Neil's face, and I feel, <laughs> I feel his pain there. But um, before we get to that, Neil, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just share, share, uh, share some, of, uh, some of your info with this. Where, where the hell did you come from? Uh, what, uh, what made you get into graphic design? Where'd you go to school? And um, where'd you go to grad school? <laughs> See, I've been waiting for somebody to interview me as I have interviewed so many others about that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So it's your turn now. The spotlight Great. is on you. Great. Well, I actually got into graphic design. I fell into it, actually. So after graduating high school, I went to college. I went to the university for a semester for microcomputer support specialist. Um, and after, yeah, exactly. <laughs> after that does not line up with the Neil I know. No, 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 no. Uh, so after a semester of doing that, I realized that I'm just not meant for your college, for university at this point in time. So I went and got a full-time job and started working. Um, and then, you know, I kind of went back to school a semester here, semester there. Um, and I w went into uh, paralegal study. Uh, and then I realized I didn't want to be in a law library all day, every day. Uh, so I switched over to um, a surgical tech and quickly realized I couldn't make it through anatomy and physiology, nor could I deal with really gory things in, a, in an operating room. So that was a no. Um, so I had a lot of credits. <laughs> and I wanted to get an associate's degree. And, I, you know, I had all Englishes, social sciences, labs. I had all that stuff done. So uh, I moved back to New York and went to the SUNY Cobleskill. And I met with an advisor and I said, you know, I have all these credits and I want to graduate with an associate's degree. 
what can I do to get that done? And they're like, well, what do you like to do? I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of like art, kind of like drawing. And they're like, oh, I've got, we have got a great program for you. It is just starting. It's called graphic design. It's taught by some amazing faculty. You're going to love it. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so that's how I got into graphic design. <laughs> that's quite the pitch. <laughs> it was. Uh, so I did it. Loved it, graduated with an associate's degree and found that, you know, if I can work full time and go to school full time and I got an associate's degree, well, this is kind of like I can pretty much do anything. So I'm going to go for my bachelor's degree, BFA. So yep. I went to uh, Sage College of Albany for a BFA in graphic design, traveled to London and was in London in 2005 when they had their subway attacks um so it was interesting being in a foreign country when there was something like that happening um and then i went yeah is your house shaking is there no. an earthquake and i'm no it's probably my arm uh, okay is that are you are you talking to us on your phone no on the ipad but I oh ipad up. oh okay I have to hold it up or you won't see me. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if I was on a stand. That's fine. Keep going. Yeah, no. Is it really that bad? It's noticeable. Okay. Yeah. Is that <laughs> it's better? Not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, worked in some marketing firms and worked freelance. And then 2009 happened. And I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and there were no jobs to be had. Just to clarify what happened in 2009. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> so 2008, the economy was hit pretty hard, and it was a recession, and the mm -hmm. first thing that went were creative departments in companies everywhere. Yep. And everybody lost their job and there were none to be had unless you were a freelancer and you knew somebody because the need for graphic design never goes away. Right. Um, it gets shifted. And if you were able to work freelance, you were much cheaper to employ than being an employed or being an employee. Um, but you had to get your income from multiple sources. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> Such so, is the plight of the freelancer. <laughs> so it was after, I don't know, it was during that time when I was trying to figure out what I really enjoyed doing. And after graduating with a BFA in 2007, I taught for a semester at SUNY Cobaskill and realized I really enjoy teaching. Mm -hmm. And that kind of set me on a path of, okay, well, how do I become a professor? Because K through 12 was not going to float my boat. No, no, definitely not. No, in <laughs> fact, I'm going to get some shakiness in there. No. <laughs> I mean, kudos and props to K through 12 teachers. I give you all the credit in the world. It is just not something that I would be able to do and do well. Um, so I 
found a program at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, that was a MFA program in graphic design that I went to uh, for three years, graduated, and then moved to Bloomington Normal, Illinois, and worked at Illinois State University. And I worked at Heartland Community College for a semester. And then uh, Drake University offered me a tenure track job, and I've been here in Des Moines, Iowa ever since. And you're tenured? Unofficially. Ah, okay. Haven't oh, gotten an official letter yet. <laughs> oh, we just got an exclusive. We got a, we got a exclusive, everybody. Yeah, okay, so that, that's quite the journey. And, you know, my, my particular journey is, is similar in that I started teaching in 2009, too, um, while I was a grad student after feeling the, the, the 2008 recession and seeing how shaky that was, I was running my own company, um, and had done that up until 2014, but like that was a really uncertain time. And to your point, like design is always needed and will always be around, but to the degree of which it's needed, it varies depending on the economy. So some of the students that, that you and I both have now that are graduating, they might be entering that same shaky recession type of economy. Um, how, do you, how would you recommend they um, navigate that? Mm, that's a good question. So the wonderful thing about graphic design that I've always loved about it is that you basically have a leg up on everybody else because you don't need an office to work. All you need is your laptop and some programs, some software, page layout software, image editing software, or web authoring software, and right. you can literally work anywhere uh, and make money. Uh, and that's not true of all disciplines. One really nice thing that the students now have that I did not, and I'm guessing you did not, is the there's so much group work that happens mm -hmm. in BA, BFA programs that I think the students today are a lot more well-versed at collaborating remotely than mm -hmm. you and I might have been accustomed to or used to. So they have that working for them and they're able to communicate well in that environment. So I think that they've got a leg up on those of us who may be a little older. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I think the same things are still intact, right? You have to have a strong portfolio and you have to have mm -hmm. your PDF portfolio and an online portfolio to show your work, but you have to show your work even more concisely now. Yeah. Um, and what we've been telling our students all along, your work has to stand for itself. <laughs> is even more true now mm -hmm. um well you know not to well i'm gonna interrupt you the hell of it uh <laughs> so um a lot of what you said is absolutely accurate especially when it comes to being concise so you know the our seniors are entering a shaky economy um and it's now, now, right now it's so much more competitive even than even when you and i went through school bachelor's and graduate, it's even more competitive. Um, and there's going to be a ton of competition um, for
for our students that are just looking for work and even freelance work will be competitive. Um, so you have to make your sales pitch very impactful, but very short and to the point if you're going to cut through the competition. Um, I mean, you can break that competition down. You know, if you had a hundred percent, it's like, all right, well, 30% are going to be average designers or 60% are going to be average. The remaining 40 are going to be varying degrees of above average to superhuman. Um, and ultimately, even if it's, if there are even superhuman designers out there, like how ambitious are they? Um, where are their deficits at? Um, I've known some really average designers that are really great at getting work because they're extroverted and they're ambitious and they just make the sales. So it's, it's a very nuanced and multi-layered sort of challenge there. It is. And to your point, it is a lot of networking. So the renew those AIG memberships, people. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> here I will. So here's the thing about networking. You have to network out of your group. Yes. You can't network with other AIGA folks because they are looking for work as well. Mm -hmm. And when you network with the same people in your discipline, you're all looking for the same thing and none of you can offer anything that will benefit the other person in terms of business. Right. Um, That's glorified, glorified, excuse me, uh, competitive analysis. Yeah. If you think about it. Basically. Yeah, you're just constantly yeah. analyzing your competitors when you just network <laughs> with designers. Yeah. But if you're on, if you go to a networking, like a chamber of commerce networking event, or you go to um, like a community think tank, or you go to um, like a young or a business professionals networking event, something that's outside of design, Mm -hmm. where you can talk with people who have the power to hire you for projects or people that have the power, but might not necessarily see a project. But once you talk to them, they're like, Hey, I'm a graphic designer in the area. I really enjoy doing social media work and websites. And by the way, do you, do you have a website? Um, mm -hmm. Are you thinking of updating it soon or, you know, and those conversations happen really organically. And I find that most, business people when you talk to them and you approach your questions in an informational way like i just want to learn about your company and what you're doing um, tell me all your secrets <laughs> <laughs> they're they're much more open to be like oh you're just asking me to understand what we're doing and then you can like throw in a little like you know actually well i can create something like this for you would you be open to a meeting to talk about some possibilities? No obligation. I'll buy you coffee or whatever. And that's where you make, that's where you turn a networking event into business. Yep. So that's well my put. advice on that. You know, <laughs> some, some organizations that I've gotten significant value out of have been groups like Rotary International. Mm -hmm. Um, most Rotarians are business owners of some kind. They're always needing design work. Um, American Marketing Association. I mean, that's just a natural sort of 
uh, piece of connectivity to design. Um, uh, ad, the Ad Federation, um, again, they need designers. Um, but also, um, just like art circles in general. So, uh, like there's a there's an organization here called the Pittsburgh Glass Center. Um, I don't think I dro drove you guys past when you were in town, but um, no. they have these really wonderful classes and they've got a really great um, exhibition space. And uh, that's also a wonderful way to meet potential clients is by meeting other artists that aren't designers. Um, I found that to be particularly effective. Um, and then also Chamber of Commer Commerce groups, especially. Uh, and I'm not, we're not referring to like government-based chambers of commerce, but um, uh, small groups, uh, typically regional chambers, uh, just so much work. And, you know, Neil, to that point, um, you know, when you move out of the urban center, so if you move, as you move out of Pittsburgh or Des Moines, like you're going to start to see that there's even more work available because designers aren't making themselves available in rural spaces um they're all going to the city oh yeah <laughs> yep <clears throat> so uh keeping all that in mind uh so we talked about a little bit your education and what are some of the things that that interest you in design like what interests you about design right now hmm or what's your, what are you researching? What's your research in right now? Oh my gosh, that's been a, <laughs> a million dollar question this year. Um, now currently, I'm really interested in human-centered design. Uh, okay. For me, what is that? Per, yeah, I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I want to know now. No, okay. Right. No, for me, um, I think being labeled a graphic designer is really limiting. Yes. Um, because the, the word graphic in front of designer has so many connotations and so much baggage um, that, you know what, if you hire me or if we talk, I'm going to find out what your needs are and what the problems are in your daily life. And I'm going to create something that's going to fix that. So whether it is redesigning your office space or whether it is designing a new lamp for your living room or um, redesigning a classroom space or creating objects to help you get a job done. Like that's what I am really interested in uh, currently. Okay. Um, so I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a, a mashup between a graphic designer, industrial designer and an occupational therapist. <laughs> just like all rolled into one <laughs> what about regular therapists um i've got some problems i've been meaning to talk to you about no um you, we can talk i don't know if i can help <laughs> no one can help me i'm i'm beyond redemption uh I, I love the fact that you said that like you know being a graphic designer is limiting and uh it absolutely is i mean i'm at the point where i don't even like being referred to as a graphic designer. Um, I'm just a designer or, you know, if you want to take it a level up, I prefer like creative strategist. And I like that term. I like that phrase because, or title rather, because it has a general aspect to it because 
with what we do, yeah, we can design visual output. Great. But so much of that is design-based thinking. It's systems-based thinking. Um, we're looking at the links between people, places, things, objects, whatever, and trying to bring them into the center and solve a problem that satisfies all parties and all needs. And ultimately, that's what I feel like design is. So if you're if you're really narrowing your, your vision and you're only going to be a graphic designer, then your career is only going to be about graphic design when you may be more naturally inclined to be solving bigger problems with design in general. Um, and that's, that's one thing that, that design has done for me is, is open my worldview in that respect. Um, so, what do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, human-centered human design. That's essentially what I'm describing. You it know? is. It is. It's a lot of what we already do. Hold on a second. I'm going to like <clears throat> prop this up on my laptop because my hands are getting tired. <laughs> you just solved a design problem. I did. There we go. And the lighting's good. <laughs> Um, no, I think uh, John Maida wrote an article for AIGA Ion Design where he was talking about the current state of design. Um, I think it's entitled, Hold On To Your Headgear, Graphic Design Is Entering Its Awkward Phase. Mm -hmm. Fantastic article. At the end, he kind of narrows <clears throat> graphic design into three categories. And one is a uh, classic designer that creates posters, which boring to me. Uh, for those of you that do it and do it well, have at it. Um, yeah. And then there are designers that make things that people use. And then there's designers that create systems for people to engage with. And it's those, it's the latter two that is where we are, right? Because if you need a poster, you can go to Canva dot com and whip one up or foster or you know right pick a platform um if you need wedding invitations go to zola.com like these are these are things that you don't need a graphic designer for you don't need a designer for right um so in terms of the industry outlook if you're a print designer good for you and there is a place for print design but if you're not at the top of your game <laughs> or have a knockout portfolio in print then mm -hmm. you're going to be kind of shoehorned into a graphic design position that pays like 35 40,000 a year and that's kind of where you'll stay right right unless you have the ambition and motivation to move up to creative director, if that's even available where you're working. Um, whereas if you're an in interaction designer or a UX designer, those jobs start out much higher right. in terms of annual salary and it just keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for saying that because this is one thing that I've been sort of harping on lately with with my design students is that like you're all by default 
design generalists, meaning you can do print design. You're all trained to do that. So imagine if you're going to a school that does not put any emphasis on interactive design whatsoever, you will have four years of concentrated but generalized design experience, right? So you're going to cap out skill-wise at a certain level. You're not going to be getting those interactive jobs, the UX jobs, um, even like design strategy and creative director. You're going to hit a ceiling. And generally at that case, the ceiling is going to be a low or below average salary, depending on yep. where you're at. So um, when you decide to level up and, and add some breadth to, to your skill set, then you're going to see that there are going to be more opportunities. So I don't know about your students, but like with mine, they generally get interactive design jobs before they graduate. So um, they're, wow. they're getting jobs very quickly, but they're going into an interactive design track uh, immediately. And once they do that, because there are more options with design on the digital side, they're going to be able to go into design strategy or experience design or front end uh, user experience and stuff like that. Um, so that that's something that that I've been trying to get through lately, and I I think it's taking. I think it's holding. Um, <laughs> and I and I hope that it it forces some uh, curricula design curricula across the country to really you know, enhance itself. So you're building the interactive program at, at Drake, right? Or you at least have a heavy hand in it. I do, yes, and have. <laughs> so I teach uh, web design, which I am going to be completely redoing that course uh, for the fall. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna be working with some alumni who are actually in UX. <clears throat> and web design to kind of consult with uh, to develop that. I also teach app design at Drake, which is a collaborative course. So we have uh, journalism students and computer science students working with design students to create apps. Um, and then we have a advanced website or advanced web design, not website. Uh, course that goes deeper into WordPress, uh, Divi, um, mm -hmm. and Flexbox. So yeah. kind of hitting all of the hitting all of the the major platforms and coding languages for them to get their coding chops. Um, yeah. Not that they will be coding with Flexbox or Divi, but they're going to have the knowledge to be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. And that software changes like every six months. It's, it's quite ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, with how, <laughs> with how frequent it changes. So as soon as you revise your curriculum, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to revise this all over again. Um, but that's Which actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good thing because you're staying on top yeah. of things. And the fact that you have your alumni plugging into this and helping you develop it is even, even more meaningful because they have the context of the Drake experience plus the, the context of professional practice. Um, yeah. And that's, that can't be beat. So ideally when your students walk out of your program, you know, they're gonna be able to do a wide variety of things, even if they can't 
code or aren't fluent in it, at least they can speak some part of the language mm -hmm. uh, to, to be competitive. You know, and that's the other thing, like you can have the best looking portfolio in the world, but you know, if, if you can't even speak the language of, of interactive design, you're at a, at a disadvantage. <laughs> it's like you ever use WordPress? Dude. No. Oh, well, WordPress is only like 50% of all websites on the internet. You haven't used it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. This isn't going to work out. <laughs> well, and we've, uh, we've gotten feedback from a couple of alumni uh, that have gotten jobs in the interactive industry that mm -hmm. said what we were doing in app design, going through user flows, sitemaps, wireframes, um, they're the employers were really interested to see that in their portfolios and having our students talk about that in the interview. So it's, it was kind of like, yeah, but kind of like, yeah. duh. I we told, told you, you this would happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was more validation than anything. Uh, right. And, you know, going along with what you were just saying that once you graduate, from school with a BFA or a BA and you go into the industry, like your learning doesn't stop. If your learning stops, you will lose your job within two years. Easily. Yes. If you keep your knowledge up and you keep learning new things, you're going to excel in your career even though you might not stay at a certain company because your skills are going to outpace what that company might be able to handle for you in exactly. that position. Exactly. So my dog. Hey pup. He saw, oh, he saw you wake up. Oh, he uh, saw a squirrel. <laughs> oh, no. I thought he was growling at having to learn new design things oh, no, uh, to stay no. competitive. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's switch gears for a second here. Let me let me ask you this. So you've already talked about like some some advice for for graduating students and just kind of what the 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 industry looks like or expects of you. What are some what are some best practices that you would recommend for uh, some of these seniors that you know won't have professors like you and I breathing down on them? demanding they get their work done on time. I mean, they'll have bosses that do that. But yep. um, in order for them to, you know, level up in, in their own terms and really help help themselves build the careers that they want, what are some of the sort of best practices you'd recommend for them? Know yourself. Like, sit down and really try to figure out who you are, what you really enjoy doing, and based on that, create your portfolio around that narrative. Mm -hmm. And if you, can, if you can talk about yourself and what interests you and what you want to continue learning, and then create a portfolio that tells that narrative. So instead of, well, I did this poster in my entry level course, and then I did this product design in another course and then I did this website in another course instead of 
Well, actually, you know, I am really interested in narrative and storytelling, and this is how it played out over my four years. So when I started the program, I started creating posters that were kind of one-off things, and then I kind of moved into web design where I could then play with time and sequence and really get into storytelling, which then translated into my senior capstone, which incorporated the ideas from the poster and the website and everything that I've learned in my internship kind of culminated here. But then that this final, this capstone project left me with more questions, which is why I'm here interviewing with you because I want to explore those areas and learn more skills to then keep going, right? That narrative sounds so much better than here's what I did here, here's what I did here, here's what I did here, now hire me. And those beats of the story all have some connective tissue. So what it's really demonstrating is your growth path. Like this point of inspiration led to this, led to this, led to this. So it's kind of a domino effect as you're describing it. Um, And your ability to tell that story in a compelling way, you know, vocally, but also using your body language and then the work speaking for itself. It's you need all three of those things to, to really be effective in that respect. Correct. And I guarantee, and you can back me up on this, but I guarantee if, if there's a person that's inter- interviewing for a job that has that type of narrative and story together and shows their portfolio that way, they're going to be remembered. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you watch out for because they're, yes. they're the tougher parts of the competition. Um, I mean, that has so many great uh, applications as well because like I know as an employer, if I interview someone like that, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to feel confident uh, with them in front of the client or pitching to the client. You know, maybe there's a, a, a client rep customer service aspect to their personality that I can leverage beyond just their design skills. Um, when, and just through your personality alone, you can show a lot of dimensionality that can give you the advantage to, to grow into higher positions in a, in a company, ad agency or corporation in-house situation or whatever. Yeah. What about, um, you know, keeping up with, with style, uh, a lot of designers we know have their own sort of unique style. There are a metric ton of Swiss minimalists out there. Um, they're, they're a dime a dozen, right? Um, so how would you recommend like some of the, some designers craft their own style or stay up to date with what's current and popular? Oh gosh, I think I'm probably going to dispense some really terrible advice, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Okay. If I look at your portfolio and I see a style, you have failed as a graphic designer because you're not taking into account people's needs. You're not a chameleon in that respect. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Which you can make a career out of that, but it will be that for the rest of your life. Um, I feel like I just got my teacher teacher tone on. (laughs) I set you up. I know. I know. So I don't necessarily think that you need to have a style. I think in your work, uh, what you do need to have is, like I said just a few minutes ago, you have to understand yourself. 
and you have to put together a package of you to present to an employer. And that goes to the business card, your resume, your cover letter, the tone of language you're using, especially on your website and throughout all of your collateral. That can be a style because that's representing you, but your work in and of itself should not contain a style. It should be specific to the client's needs or specific to the audience needs. So when an employer asks you mm. what word you would use to describe yourself, one of the first go-to words should be adaptable. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Or flexible. <laughs> adaptable, flexible, nimble. Taking one out of Robin Landa's yes. uh, book there. <laughs> Quite literally out of her book. Uh, yes. And uh, responsive. So, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. at least those, the, the, those are the words that I use to describe how I feel about my work and my, my profession uh, and career, but uh, yours may be different. So, um, any, any, other, any other parting thoughts for, um, for our graduating uh, students uh, watching this? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah lay it on me what do you got it doesn't get easier no so when you graduate or when you're looking for jobs apply apply to as many as you can little, little asterisks here <clears throat> know yourself know what type of work you want to do, craft that narrative, and then apply to companies that will fulfill that narrative. Mm -hmm. That is like a huge, huge, huge thing. Even if they're not hiring for a job, contact them, get in touch with them, yep. whatever. Um, but it does not get easier. So after you graduate, I know there's going to be pressures of finding housing, transportation, mm -hmm. um, paying back student loans, and all of that. And I've gone through that. Um, I think most of us have. Yep. Um, but you may have to get a second job. And that's just part of it. Or you do freelance work on the side to kind of fill in those gaps. Mm -hmm. um, but keep at it keep at it. If you are truly passionate about design, you will keep going. Yeah. If design's not your passion and you keep running into these roadblocks, you're going to change course. Yeah. And quickly. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, if, so I, I completely agree with you. Um, design is, is my life. It always has been. Um, you know, I started designing when I was 11. So I'm actually kind of, take what you just said and flip it upside down. I'm actually terrified of doing something that is not designed because it is so central to who I am as a person. Uh, so I, you know, so I actually feel like I would be terrible in many other jobs. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Like uh, I could be a custodian terrible at it. Just awful. I could be a customer service rep. Uh, maybe not the best. I don't know. But, um, to your point of like, you know, you might have to get a second job. 
Um, that's true, especially when uh, you've got those student loans to pay, and God help you if they're private loans, because that would absolutely necessitate the second job. Um, but uh, it, you might find they're like, hey, you know, I found a, a day job that I like, and I get to use design as, uh, as an expression of myself, and it's still a passion, and I'm putting my degree to use, and maybe I take some freelance clients here and there. That's totally fine. Um, or another route is I got a degree in design. I'm going to always work in design come hell or high water. I will be doing something in design. Um, and that's okay too. Um, there are downfalls on both ends for me. Uh, my job is my hobby. So it's like, you, you know, my, I don't have really any hobbies that I can use to, you know, relax. So Neil, you know me well, uh, you would probably say that my, yes. my hobby is Legos. That is entirely a design problem, completely design problem. So I, I can't escape. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? So, um, so yeah, uh, that, that's, one, that's wonderful advice. And um, I thank you for uh, your friendship. I thank you for Likewise. your kindness in imparting these uh, wonderful words of wisdom to to my students and and hopefully yours uh, as well and, and our colleagues. Um, yeah. And um, thanks again. If uh, if if he has any other thoughts he's willing to share, I will happily uh, post those as well for you folks. But uh, otherwise, um, if you go to um, Drake University, you can look look up Neil on the College of Art and Sciences website. Um, Neil, do you have a portfolio website that they could check out if they're interested? I do. It is n-e-i-l-o-w-a-r-d.com. And that has my professional portfolio and it has my teaching portfolio in it as well. Okay. So now you guys can take a look at uh, what he's doing and know that he's not full of crap. Uh, <laughs> here's his, uh, here's his portfolio. And I love this opening photo. That's, that's absolutely perfect. Yep. That's me. <laughs> so that's neilaward.com and, uh, check out his site. And if you like what he, like what he's doing, like what he has to say, shoot him a message and let him know your thoughts. Please do. Uh, cool. Well, thank you, Neil. I Thank will you, RJ. Uh, disengage the call here and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, brother. See ya.